thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for Jesus the Healer. We're having a good time around the Word. Yes. Listen, the Word can't give you anything but a good time. Right. Amen. Amen. And so we are just enjoying what God is having us to minister on. And we invite you, go watch the previous episodes in this series. Because uh, we, we've said so many things. I'd like to repeat every time, but we wouldn't just get very far now, would we? And so we want you to go back and watch those. We've been using as a starting point something Brother Copeland has stated so beautifully, and it, that is this, the will of God is your wealthy place. That is not talking about just one arena of your life. That's talking about every arena of your life will be enriched when we're walking out the will of God, the plan of God for our lives. And so we know this, that health abounds when we're in the will of God. Prosperity abounds when we're in the will of God. Peace abounds when we're in the will of God. Wisdom abounds. Revelation abounds. All the things our life needs, uh, the highest and the greatest flow of those things happen in the will of God. And so uh, we're talking about something that Paul said. He made this statement. He said that I might finish my course with joy. Listen, we want to finish the plan of God's will for our life. Not just start it, but finish it. And so we've been looking at a passage in Acts chapter 20. We invite you to get your Bible and go there with us. And let's take notes. Do some, take note of what God would say to you. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. It reads, again, Paul is writing this and he says, And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. What's Jerusalem? It's the place God told him to go. It's the place God told him to be. So he said, I go bound, not in bondage but committed, committed, consecrated, agreeing with the plan of God. So he's saying, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. In this passage, there's five things that Paul gives us as the secrets of his success, the steps that he took to finish what was assigned and joined to his life. We need to learn them. We need to pay attention to them. I spent five episodes, five previous episodes talking on the first thing alone. And that is, he said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Meaning this, I set myself in agreement inwardly and outwardly with what God told me to do, where God told me to be. 
How many of you know we struggle when we kick against what God's yes. dealing with us about? That's when we, we inflict struggle on ourselves. Yeah. We, have to, we have to think of if we're struggling in some arena of our life, does it, is that because we need to be agreeing okay. with God in some way? That's right. Amen. Sometimes people are struggling with healing because they've not yet agreed that they are the healed. Some are struggling with prosperity because they've not yet agreed that God would supply all their needs, that, that he's their shepherd and they'll never have a want. They haven't settled that. They haven't established that. What is it? The more we agree with God, the less we struggle. Now that doesn't mean opposition leaves us alone. It means it doesn't trouble us because we're agreeing with God. Amen. Then what about if God is, God has, um, directed us to do something with the course of our life and we struggle against it. Anybody ever done that? I've done that. I'm learning. Don't do that. You know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm struggling less because I'm arguing, I'm agreeing quicker with God. If it, the longer it takes us to agree, the longer we struggle. Let's eliminate struggle by just agreeing with God. Uh, even before you know everything about what God is commanding of you, just agree real, real quick. Even before you know all the details and everything attached to it, just agree real, real quick. You say, well, why should I do that? Because we can all agree on this. God knows more than us. He's smarter than all of us, right? And so to question him is to question wisdom. So it's just best to agree with wisdom and eliminate and bypass the struggle. Amen. Amen. So we were looking at that first thing where Paul said, I go bound in the spirit, meaning he set himself in agreement with the plan of God. The second thing we see about Paul in this passage is he says, I go bound into the spirit uh, under Jerusalem, not knowing. Uh, faith will move ahead. It doesn't have to know everything before it agrees with God and moves ahead. And if people are waiting to see everything unfold before they will move with God, they will not ever arrive because this is a faith life. And uh, God, to help us be effective, he doesn't give us 10 and 20 steps out ahead of where we are because we would insert our opinion, our... We'd give him options. That Anybody ever given God options? Like, what about if we did this? Or what about if we did that instead of what you just said? God doesn't need our counsel. And so he, he, he helps us to be effective by not giving us 10 things to handle at once. But he'll just say, just take that step. And as soon as we take that step, what we need to know for the next step will unfold. But until we've made the step in front of us, why would he need to show us more? Well, he doesn't. And when we move with God into the unknown, there's no risk. Why? Because God knows the unknown. Unknown to man, but not unknown to God. Amen. And uh, we were looking at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, the Amplified Classic translation. It's speaking about Abraham. And it says, urged on by faith. Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth. Notice this. He was called. 
The call did not arrive him. It was his obedience and going forth that arrived him at where God told him to be. Uh, we, every single one of God's people are called to something, yeah. but the call is not our success yeah. until our obedience is, go- is joined with it. Yeah. We can't, we don't succeed because we're called. Right. We're succeed right. because we obey yes. what we're called to. Yes. That's what Abraham did. Yes, that when he was called, he obeyed and he went forth. He moved on with God. Amen. And it says he went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance And he went, listen to this, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go, what did Abraham do? Like Paul, he moved with God into the unknown. Yes, amen. 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 We are safe in moving forward as long as we're following God. Amen. Amen. When we find one man, and history shows it, church history shows it, we can go back time and time again and find one man who moved with God into the unknown and it changed a nation. It doesn't take a whole nation to move with God. Now, they'd be blessed if they did. But I'm saying who... Regardless of who won't move with God, you can. And it only takes one man that moves with God into the unknown to change a family, change a city, change a nation. You know, um, my husband was raised a Catholic and of his own admission, he said, I was a bad Catholic, (laughs) meaning I wasn't very diligent. I wasn't very faithful to attend. But one day as he was 25 years old, somebody invited him to go to church and a a co-worker had been after him for over a year to come to church with him. He said, would you come to church? Would you come to church? And uh, Ed declined for well over a year. And then finally Ed got tired of being asked. He said, if I go with you once to church, will you leave me alone? (laughs) And that co-worker said, yes, I'll leave you alone. Ed went once, got born again. He went to the unknown and received what he had no idea was waiting for him. Amen. Amen. He got born again and then family members got born again. And before his parents died, they, he got them born again. What is this? When my husband moved with God into the unknown, it changed the, it, it rewrote the story of his life and it rewrote the story of his family. Amen. Amen. When one man obeys God, that's all God needs. He only needs one point of entrance. One man who will go ahead into what God directs without knowing. Amen. Amen. Uh, Like I said, uh, there's no risk to it because God knows. He knows and we're safe in following him. Amen. Amen. Not only that, to move into the unknown, many times there's a labor involved in that. There's a labor. Noah for a hundred years labored moving into the unknown with God. He had never seen a flood. He didn't know what a flood was. He didn't even know what a boat was. And God had to give him the dimensions of a boat that could become a mobile home. (laughs) Very mobile on that water, (laughs) right? And uh, he built the unknown to move into the unknown for a hundred years. And he didn't tire of doing the unknown every day. He labored in the unknown. Wonderful. Amen. These men are our examples. Amen. That same spirit of faith is in us. I said that same spirit of faith is in us. The third thing that we see that Paul talks about in Acts chapter 20, first step was 
He said, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. The second thing, not knowing. He was willing to move into the unknown. The third thing that we've talked about is this. Uh, let's go ahead and read again, again in Acts 20, verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save except this, the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. So what did he do? He was, le he was led at the witness of the Holy Ghost. Yes. He moved as the Holy Ghost witnessed yes. to him. When you're moving with the unknown, how do you know when you arrived? Right. Yeah. The Spirit of God witnesses, this yes. is where you're to be. Right. You know, my husband, God told my husband and I, we lived in Tulsa at the time. Uh, my husband was raised here in Southern California. After he got saved, for a time he had a church in Southern California for eight and a half years. Then God told him to move to Tulsa. Um, that's where we met. And we lived there about eight years or so together. And then we moved out here to California. God said, uh, I want you to do me a favor. Go back to California, Southern California, and get in position for the last day revival. And so we did that. We came back out here. And uh, we had no idea all that God would have for us. But we were willing to follow him into the unknown. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, we were slow to move. We should have moved quicker and we faced unnecessary difficulties and struggles because we were too slow to follow the witness of the Spirit. But um, in, in following the witness of the Spirit, the Spirit told us to move and we were just too slow in it and created some problems. But my husband did not know where in Southern California to come back um, to put our ministry headquarters. And so he was driving from the San Diego region, driving north toward the LA region. And he drove through this valley called the Murrieta, it's Temecula Valley, Murrieta. It's all uh, here in this region. And uh, as he was driving through, the Spirit of God witnessed to him, this is where to start the church. Yeah. How did he know where to come? The witness of the Spirit. Yes. The witness of the Spirit. Uh, as we move into the unknown, the Spirit of God does not leave us forsaken. He witnesses all along the way of where we are to stop here, move forward here, make a turn here, add this, drop this off. The witness of the Spirit is how we live accurately when we follow how the Spirit is witnessing to us. Amen. 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 So this is what Paul said. He said that um, the Spirit of God witnesses in every city. And what he was, the Spirit of God was witnessing to Paul as he traveled toward Jerusalem, every city he stopped in, where he would gather with other believers, someone under the unction of the Spirit would say, bonds and afflictions are going to wait yeah. for you. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to meet you when you get to Jerusalem. But um, the Spirit of God was witnessing to him to prepare him. Yes. Not to talk him out of going to Jerusalem, right. but yeah. to prepare him yes. so that he would not be swayed by what he faced when he arrived. Yes. Sometimes God will give you a heads up. Yes. If I could say this, yeah. of difficulties that are ahead. It's not so you won't go there sometimes, right. but it's yeah. so yeah. that you're immovable. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. You're prepared for it. Yes. So Paul... He, we see the steps. He agreed with the plan of God, yes. agreed with the will of God. Second, he went with God into the unknown. Yes. 
And third of all, he followed the spirit as he moved with the unknown. Amen. 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 He looked to the witness of the spirit. Thank God. The witness of the spirit's in you. Learn to recognize when the spirit of God is prompting you in a certain direction. To follow the witness of the spirit doesn't mean you have to hear a voice. It doesn't mean you have to have a prophecy. It doesn't mean you have to see a dream or a vision. I I so appreciate some of the things that we learned. Dad Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen was our spiritual father for many years. And he would say, whenever God would give me a vision or a dream, and listen, not Many believers go their whole life and never have a spiritual dream or vision. You don't try to seek those. There's no scripture that promises us that. Those happen, but they happen as the Spirit wills. They don't happen because we're, we have a, a command to ask for that. But Brother Hagen said, whenever I would have a, um, a dream, a vision that God would give me. He said, I knew this. I knew there was much opposition ahead. And what God showed me in that very dramatic vision, that very dramatic way would anchor me to let me know, don't back up. Don't let opposition push you off course. So if I could say this, it's, if you're not having a dream or a vision or somebody prophesying to you, you're, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those are rescue, means of rescue. Yes. Sometimes they're, they're means of letting you know hard sailing is ahead. Yes. Yes. And so uh, the Spirit of God was letting Paul know there's opposition ahead because in every city yes. he went to, yes. someone would minister to him by the Spirit and say, bonds and afflictions abide you. They're yeah. waiting for you. Yeah. And so what is that? When you got many times that's being said, brother, yeah. <laughs> you're getting, God's helping anchor you more yes, and yes. more yes. and more. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so it matters that we recognize what the Spirit of God is witnessing. Now, I don't care who may say something to you, whether it's through prophecy or some other means. I value prophecy. But if it doesn't bear witness with your own spirit, don't receive it. Don't accept it. Because what the Spirit is witnessing to you is the trump card. It trumps every other leading. You know, um, Brother Hagen also talked about, because he was uh, on the scene during the healing revival. In America, there was a healing revival that took place from 1947 to 1958. So for 11 years, that healing revival was prominent. Dad Hagen said that it was, healing was just in the air. He said, you would have maybe someone who was a, a song leader, And while they're singing, healings would just happen. He said it was in the air. Ministers who had never ministered to the sick would start having blind eyes open in their service. He said it was in the air. And those who didn't have it necessarily as an emphasis of their ministry, it would begin happening because it was in the air. And so Brother Hagin said so many tents came up during that time. Ministers would take tents and set them up and sit in regions. He said, there were tent preachers everywhere. And he said, every meeting I conducted in local churches, someone would stand up and prophesy to him, you need to buy a tent. 
you need to get a tent and have tent meetings. He said hundreds told me that in every city I went to. And he said, you know what? I never got a tent. Why? He said the spirit didn't witness that to me. It doesn't matter how many times. And see, those, those people weren't evil. They weren't trying to cause a difficulty. But what I'm trying to say is this following the witness of the Spirit is your safety. Because sometimes people can perceive things and they put their own definition on it and they misdefine what they're sensing in their spirit. Always go by your own spirit. God's going to lead you based on how He's dealing with you. And so you can... uh, it doesn't mean that people are evil or bad if they tell you something that isn't wit- bearing witness with your spirit, but never lay down what's in your spirit for what somebody else said. Yes. You're always safe in following what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You know what? You're intelligent. The Holy Ghost is intelligent. And the two of you moving together can get it done. Amen. Don't be afraid of missing it. Many times people are afraid not to act on what somebody said and they overstep their own spirit. They overstep what the Spirit of God is telling them just because they're afraid of missing it. Never let fear be your guide. The Holy Spirit's not involved in any kind of fear. He's not leading by fear. Amen. So Paul said this every time I go to a city, someone is saying by the Spirit, there's going to be difficulties ahead. We also see in those passages that people tried to, when they heard what the Spirit said, they misdefined it and tried to keep him from going to Jerusalem. They tried to talk him out of it. But see, he already had the witness in him. What was it? I go bound. I'm going. No matter how many people try to talk you out of it. You know, there have been, my husband and I had to make decisions in our life that not everybody understood. People that were close to our life or people that we knew well, they didn't always understand what God was telling us, but they didn't hear what we heard. You see, that's why you want to be careful on what you would counsel someone because did you hear what they heard? And that's why you want to always not blindly take counsel because did they hear what you've heard? Amen. Your safety is in following the witness of the Spirit. You say, Pastor Nancy, what is the witness of the Spirit like when it seems right in here, when it seems to fit? I'm not talking about hearing a voice. It just sits right. It just seems good. It seems to fit. Have you ever put on a shoe? You go to the store and you go, bring me one pair and it fits, but oh, it's a little tight. And then you say, bring me the next half size and put that on and go, oh, yeah. yeah. You can recognize the difference. They both fit, but one fits better. You got your foot in it. You remember the old Cinderella show? (laughs) The the stepsisters trying to put their foot in the glass slipper. That didn't even fit, brother. Uh, don't, Don't try to force something to fit if it doesn't fit. The force is never equal to it fitting. Forcing it to fit doesn't equal fit. And so, um, so when you go to put that second shoe on, that second size, and you go, ah, oh, 
you don't you didn't have to have somebody explain the fit to yes. you. You yeah. knew, yeah. oh, that yeah. one fit. Right. It's the same thing with the spirit. Yes. When it fits here, you know. Yes. Yes. You see, you don't, uh, and many times people don't know to follow their spirit. Yes. I endeavor to do that every day of my life. Amen. I don't make decisions till I checked in here to my yes. spirit. Why? Yes. I need the witness of the spirit. Why? Because then I'll finish right. That decision will end up to be the right one. I don't live by trial and error. That's not what God's authored for me. I live by st- talking to the Holy Ghost, listening to Him. Holy Spirit, what has God said to you about this for me? I want to know it. I want to hear it. That means we need to be we need to be willing to be led. If we're going to receive the witness of the Spirit, we have to be teachable. Can't be bullheaded, hard-headed, slow to believe. Mm -hmm. We need to be quick to believe what the Spirit of God witnesses to us. And uh, if it doesn't seem to fit, and you don't know why, don't override that. It's dangerous to override your spirit. It's dangerous. Um, If it doesn't seem to fit, Talking to God about it more and more and more won't make it more fit more. Oh, I'm just going to pray about this some more. Longer prayer won't make it fit. Just agree with God. Agree with God. If it's not the right direction, it's not the right direction. And the good thing is, because some people get this idea, everything with God is is in the forward direction advancement. Yes, unless you bypassed Him. And sometimes you may have to back up at the witness of the Spirit. And some people say, faith is never in the backward direction. I'm not going backwards. If you pass something, God may have you to go back and pick that back up. Make that turn. Make that adjustment. I, I, I don't tell God what I will or won't do. Haven't you ever noticed that doesn't work? Yeah. <laughs> you tell God I'll never do that, brother. That's going to be your first assignment. So I say stuff like, I will never live in Maui. I will never. No, I'm just uh, Because we know that when we get bullheaded, hard to lead, it causes, it, it makes us susceptible to tripping up. So we know this about Paul. He was teachable. He was easy to lead because he said, I'm following the witness of the Spirit. Amen. He followed what the Spirit was witnessing to him, did not trouble him, did not disturb him, did not cause him to go off course and look for an easier path. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I want to pray with those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, I need some clarity. We're going to pray with you. Amen. Amen. So as a sign that you're joining your faith with ours, reach out your hand toward whatever screen you're watching. Father, we thank you that wisdom belongs to us. We thank you that you have a plan and the mind of God has, it contains that plan. Father, we're hungry to know your plan. We're hungry to know your will. So I pray that every single viewer who is who needs clarity, who needs direction, I pray that you would give unto them the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding. I pray that they would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. May they know your mind. May they know the next step. And I say to you, may you be bold enough to move with God into the unknown, following the witness of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember this until next time we get to be with you, that Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. God has provided a way for His children to have ongoing visitations from Him. But many Christians don't recognize these visitations. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual camp meeting here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, June 12th through the 16th. Speakers include Nancy Dufresne, Jesse Duplantis, Jerry Savelle, and Bill Winston. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.